0: So we are in this series called uh, Don't Waste Your Past. So it's all about learning how we can leverage it, like just really grow from it. And I know it's tough to revisit it, but it's what God does. He puts us in a position to be able to sometimes step back so that we can truly move forward like never before. And today we're going to be talking about prevailing over the past. And I believe that in this new year, in 2023, as we look ahead, I believe we want to inherit the promises of God. I believe that the promises that God has given us, the goals and aspirations we have for ourselves, the dreams, the desires that we have in our heart, we want to see God fulfilled. There's going to be some work that's going to be required on our part. And one of those things is is going into the past. And so when we ask ourselves, what is required? what is requested of us for us to be able to have those promises fulfilled, the answer is always that before we can move forward, God is going to ask us to go back. And I think the concept of asking God for forgiveness is something that we understand because we have always been in a position in our lifetime where we've had to ask someone for our forgiveness we have had to plead with someone to accept our apology. When we have said sorry to a person, we have also accompanied that with reasons of why we were sorry. I think when we were children and we said sorry, our parents or a guardian or someone who was an adult, a teacher or someone in authority over us would then say, Explain what you're sorry for. And I think that there's some things that we've done in our past that we just don't even know how to say sorry for because we just forgot them. Whether it be just intentionally on our part or possibly even just because it happened so long ago that we're not fully aware of everything that we should say sorry for. But the thing about being in a relationship with God is that when you begin to live for Jesus, Jesus does something by coming into our life. He brings things to remembrance. He begins to elicit from us memories that point us back to a place and time in which we feel the necessity to then apologize for what occurred. And we do that in our relationship with God. We, things are brought to our memory, and we go before the Lord and we say, wow, Lord, you brought this back. Let me ask right now for your forgiveness. And, and we do that in a very authentic way, with sincerity, at times with tears, at times even with, with just trembling in our innermost being because we recognize the moment that we have just encountered, where God has brought us to a place where he has asked us to ask him for freedom from the past. And so when that happens, we understand the the, the freedom that accompanies it. How the tears stop flowing and and how we feel a burden lifted and and how we feel better about ourselves in the moment, knowing that there may not be anything that we can physically and tangibly do to erase the past, but we are at least forgiven by God for it and and there's beauty and 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 such victory in that because not every situation can be reconciled. Not every situation can be won back. Not everything can be restored. Some things that are lost are sometimes lost forever. It doesn't mean that God can't bring new things into our life. It doesn't mean that he can't do a new thing in our life. But not everything that we lose can be brought back. We know this because we've all lost loved ones And we may not have had the opportunity to go back to that person and say, I apologize for the way that I behave, for the things that I said. We don't always get that opportunity. That person is no longer with us. They have passed on. And so now what, we're supposed to live with the guilt of that every day? I've met people who were directly responsible for the death of a loved one. I I, I have seen the devastation that this has had in their lives. How they have not been able to move past it, beyond it, because they were directly responsible for that loved one's death. And so how do you erase something like that? How do you experience forgiveness from something like that? If that person is no longer with us and you cannot go back to change the past, how were you supposed to be free from it? Well, the thing about God is that he provides healing and he provides restoration and he provides reconciliation on a spiritual level that affects our mind, body, and soul in a way that sometimes is not physically possible in the everyday tangibles of this life. And so when things are no longer possible in the physical, God makes them possible in the spiritual. And that's how he brings things around for us. And so, where the physical ends, the spiritual has now the power and the ability to transform like never before. So, let me ask you what is it that has happened in your past? What is it that has held you back until this very moment and prevented you from fulfilling the fullness of the promises that God has for you? And now give that to God right now. And just say, God, I give this to you. And I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you free me, that you deliver me. I ask that you make me whole. I ask that you take all that has happened, and I ask that today would be a new day for me going forward. Last week, we looked at the life of Moses and how he had to go back. A place that he was known as a murderer, he had to go back, but this time God was asking him to be a deliverer. A murderer and a deliverer in the same person. And I need you to understand that that's really a great description for all of us. Uh, Not that we're murderers and deliverers, but, but I believe that we are people who are just complicated in that we have great capacity to do evil and we have great capacity to do good. And when God gets a hold of us, the capacity to do good, it overcomes not just anything that is evil in us, but it has a way of overcoming all the evil that was also done by us. I know that it's hard to believe that God can overcome the evil that way because many of us are still traumatized possibly by it. The evil that someone else has wielded and acted upon and hurt us with. But the thing about Moses is that God chose an imperfect person to fulfill a perfect plan. And I need you to see that in your imperfections God is able to work his perfect plan in spite of your imperfections. That no matter what the past is, no matter what the weaknesses are, no matter where it is that you are broken, God is able to use you the way you are today and move you forward the way he did, just like in the life of Moses. Now Moses had to leave his past behind, but God forced him to return and face it. And many of us hate it when we are put in that position. We don't want to face the past. We don't want to relive it because it's so hurtful. It's so traumatic. It reminds us of the person that we were and that we are not proud of, or it reminds us of events that occurred that we have not fully healed and recovered from. But the promise fulfilled requires us to take certain steps. And the first thing is that we have to recognize the authority of God in our lives in all of this. And there's a beautiful verse, and it's found in Romans. And it's in Romans chapter 13, and it's verse 1. And it says this, that everyone must submit to governing authorities. And then it says, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now, what God is basically saying is that I need you to trust me Trust me that when it looks like someone else is in power and someone else has authority, and when someone else seems to be under the sway of the authority even of the devil, the Satan, evil, darkness in this world, I want you to know that above all of this, I am still the ultimate authority. And if I am the ultimate authority and you respect the authorities that are in place, no matter how difficult that may be, and challenging in all of its ways, you need to understand that you are seeing me as your one true king. Now remember that the people of God weren't supposed to have a king like all the other nations. The people of God were supposed to have God. And so what we have forgotten is that God is the authority in our life in all matters, in all things throughout this world. And we sometimes look at the circumstances of this world, this life, and we look at the authorities of this world and of this life, and we give them way too much power in our minds and in our hearts. We give them way too much power over us. And we don't understand that in spite of whatever power they have and they wield, they do not have the ultimate power which belongs to God. Why? Because we are a people under God. And when you're a people under God, when you are a son and daughter to the Heavenly Father, then all of a sudden you see this world completely differently. That even when authorities take from you what is not right for them to take... When the justices rule against you, even though you are innocent, even when they overtax you and you are struggling to make ends meet, even when they restrict your freedom of movement and of speech and of health care and anything else that they would want to impose. If you let the authorities of this world control you, it is because you have lost sight of who has the ultimate control. When God is in control of your life, it isn't a problem to respect the authorities below him because you know that God is going to see you through no matter what. His blessing accompanies you no matter what. Every time you see one of the servants of God in the scriptures taken into captivity, you see that no matter what the king said, their ultimate understanding of who God was in their life, God had the final authority. And because of it, even when they refused to do things like eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols... Bow down to statues, and when they were thrown in one case into a fiery furnace, and the people who had thrown them into the furnace were burnt alive where they stood that's how hot it was they were able to stand in that furnace with Jesus, who protected them from those flames. You see, they weren't concerned about the authorities of this world, they were concerned about the authority that God is over everything in this world. And so that same God was able to seal the mouth of lions and give victories over giants and help them to escape slavery. And even when miracles had to be performed, God was able to do them at will so that people would be convinced of who had the ultimate authority. So think about that for a moment in your life and think about what level you find yourself at. Am I at the level where I can believe like this or am I somewhere in between? And I'm sure we're all going to find ourselves at different places. And maybe we're not as far as we think we are because we're living some very real struggles that are kind of telling us That the thing that has authority over our life right now is the thing that is able to manipulate us to the point of it destroying our future. That something has mastery and control over us to the point where we are not able to just leave it behind. Now, Jesus wanted us to understand that, that there was to be nothing that was to have mastery over us. And I don't know about you, but there were times that there have been many things in my life along the way that I've had mastery over me. And, and whenever something like that has, has occurred and has happened, there have been things where I have been able to go before God and say, God, I need you to take away this impulse, this desire, I need you to remove this addiction that I have. I need you to make sure that this no longer has mastery over me. And sometimes it's something that can be easily pointed out by other people who are probably in different ways even more broken than us. But the sin that they see in us is easy for them to point out. And then sometimes there are things that are a little bit more hidden and elusive. They're not fully in the light like other things. And so we're not always able to discern what it is, but we can still spot it. And here's what God does is that he helps it spot, helps a shine a, a spotlight on it in our own life. That's what the Holy Spirit does and says, I, I need you to understand that in this area of your life, you're a manipulator. In this area of your life, you're, you're full of pride. In this area of your life, you're not able to forgive. In this area of your life, you're greedy. In this area of your life, you're envious. In this area of your life, you have no patience and you're jealous. In this area of your life, you have no self-control. In this area of your life, you give yourself over to the passions of the flesh and they control you. Do you see it? And what God does is that he shines that light on us so that we can be free from it. And, And I love that what God wants is that he wants us to face the past so we can be free from its power and authority over us because he wants to be the greatest authority in our life. Last week, we looked at how Moses had to see different people in his life and respect different authorities in his life so that he could experience the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose in his life. I talked to you guys about how Moses had to go and speak to his father-in-law and and ask permission to leave the land and go on a mission that God had given him. And the Bible says that he went to his father-in-law, to Jethro, his father-in-law, And and he says, please let me return to my relatives in Egypt. Moses says, I don't even know if they're still alive. And then Jethro gives him permission and he says, go in peace. And so we see that because Moses did this, because he went back and he spoke to Jethro, the Bible says that God brings Jethro around back into his life. And because Moses respects the authority that jethro has in his household that now jethro respects the authority that moses has and when moses needs it jethro comes around and in exodus 18 verse 24 and 25 look at what it says it says that moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and he followed his suggestions and that he chose capable men from all over Israel, and he appointed them as leaders over the people, and then he put them in charge of groups of 1,000, of one hundred, fifty, and then 10. And the Bible says that he got this advice from his father-in-law, whom he respected his authority. And when he respected that authority, guess what? Jethro, who was a Midianite priest who worshiped God now, received counsel from God to then give it to Moses. But if Moses did not respect the authority of his father-in-law, he never would have gotten that advice and he would have burnt out because that was why Jethro had given him this counsel because he said, Moses, you can't listen to people from morning until evening. He says, the people need me to bring about justice, and they bring their cases to me, I hear them, and then I ask God for wisdom, and then I deliver a judgment in their situation. And so then Jethro says, why don't you choose people that are capable to share this load? Teach them what God has taught you. Show them what God has shown you. Give them what God has given you, And let those people now do the work and share the Lord. And in this instance, we see something that is important for us to understand that for God to fulfill His promises in our life, we cannot do it alone. We need to be in community with one another. That God brings people into our lives, not so that we can always ditch them. I hate the fact that we have a ditch culture. We are always ditching people. We are putting people in ditches. We are killing people and burying them in ditches. And all of it in the name of being able to move on without understanding that there is no moving on until we respect the authorities in our life. There is no way to experience the fullness of everything that God has for us until we leave this ditch culture behind. And so then, Moses also had to speak to his brother. The Bible says that they hadn't spoken in a very long time. They hadn't seen each other in an extremely long time. In fact, to the point where the Lord had said to Aaron, I want you to go out into the wilderness to go and meet Moses. God had to speak to Moses to go and speak to his brother, which means that there was something that had happened along the way. Maybe it wasn't just geographic in terms of location, but there was something that had occurred where they were no longer the brothers that God wanted them to be. And what's important here is that Aaron went and met Moses at the mountain of God, and he embraced him. And we see that because God spoke to Aaron, Aaron then went to meet Moses, even before Moses knew, and this is powerful, even before Moses knew that he was going to meet Aaron. Because it is at the burning bush, and this is incredible, that God has to speak to Moses. And he has to tell him, what about your brother Aaron? He speaks well, and he can come alongside you and help you in the work that I'm calling you to do. And, and, And what I love about this passage is the fact that Moses isn't thinking about Aaron. But God is thinking about Aaron. Moses doesn't know what he needs. He just knows what he doesn't want to do. But God brings Moses to go back to Aaron. Because they need to do this together. Come on, are you guys getting this? Sometimes we think we know what's best. We think we know what's right. We think we know why we have to be apart. We think we have all the reasons in the world why we're not supposed to be in relationship. But what we don't understand is that God has a plan for us in relationship. And there are times when God speaks to us so vividly and powerfully that he wants us to take steps to the past so that we can understand what it is that we need to do together in the future. And God doesn't want Moses and Aaron to be apart. He wants them to be family. He wants them to do this together. Is there anybody here who wants to see reconciliation in their family? (laughs) Who desires that deeply in their hearts and in their life? You see, I want you to understand that, that God sometimes is blocked from fulfilling promises because we are unwilling to reconcile with people that are still here. our present. Bible says that Moses told Aaron everything, everything that the Lord had commanded him to say, and and how he was going to commit these miraculous signs. And I love the fact that Aaron is not God's second choice in this, because I think this is really important. Um, I was reflecting on this, and I, I looked at the fact that You know, Moses said no, so then God had to find someone else. You know what I mean? So it's not his first choice, it's his second choice. But because God knows our choices and knows how we're going to choose, God had already spoken to Aaron to meet him at a mountain that would take days to get to. He already knew Moses would say no and had already spoken to Aaron. Aaron. so that when they get to the mountain, they get there at the same time. Do you understand what's happening here? God is, speaking, God is speaking to Moses at a burning bush, and he's speaking to Aaron as he's having matzo ball soup in his house. And when he puts his spoon down, he says, honey, I gotta go and meet my brother. I've got to go to Mount Horeb. I've got to go to the mountain of God. I've got to go there. And, and he just leaves. And he meets his brother. And I want you to see that in the passage that is found in verse 14, look at this, it's beautiful, because God does this really amazing thing. So you see how the Lord becomes angry with Moses, and then he says, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? He kind of like says, you know, what about Aaron? So, you know, like God knows what the perfect plan is. And he's already spoken to Aaron to leave his house and go to the mountain. But what he needs is for Moses to get on board with the plan. You see what I'm saying here? That if if Aaron and Moses don't both agree to the plan, the plan cannot work. The promise cannot be fulfilled. The deliverance of the people cannot occur. And so God speaks to Moses in a manner in which, obviously, Moses has to agree with the plan. And this is where many of us lose the blessing of God. God. Because God is speaking to us. He's speaking to our circumstances. He's speaking to other people. He's making other people show up at our door. They're waiting for us to let them in into our hearts and in our lives. And we're still stubborn enough to say no. And we're saying no. I'm not going to give in. Not after what they did. Not after they hurt me. Not after what happened. Not after what took place. Are you kidding me? Let this go. Never. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, we see in this story that God kind of like, is kind of like coaching him into it. Aaron, your brother, he speaks well. And guess what? he's already on his way to meet you. <laughs> he's already coming. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to try to convince you, but just in case, he's already there. You see, God's already at work. Do you see this? God's actively involved in our past. He's actively involved in our present, and he's actively involved in our future. Can we just thank the Lord for that? He's there. He's there. He's making all things, everything work for our good, for those who love God. You see, Aaron did more than just talk. He wasn't God's second choice. You know, sometimes I think because of Hollywood, we get the story mixed up of what actually happens. And, you know, how many of us remember the miracle when he finds himself before Pharaoh, uh, someone throws their staff down, and it turns into a snake. And then Moses and Aaron are there, and the the staff is also thrown down. And then what it does is that it eats all the other snakes. Anybody remember that miracle? Who remembers the person who performed that miracle? It's Moses, right? Yeah, of course. It's actually not. It's Aaron. It's Aaron. See, the Bible makes it very clear that God told Aaron to take his staff. Listen to me. This is so important. His staff to throw that down and it turned into a snake that ate all the other snakes. Now, why is this important? I'll tell you why. Because we think that the only person who performed miracles is Moses and the only staff that was special was Moses's. But Aaron had a staff too. And you know that... He didn't just perform that miracle, but he also brought about the first three plagues. That Aaron brought the plague of the water being turned into blood, the pestilence of the frogs, and all of the gnats and lice that attacked the people and all the livestock. Aaron four miracles with his staff. The unofficial miracle staff, by the way. Moses had the official one. Aaron had the unofficial one. And yet the first four miracles performed by Aaron. I'll tell you why. Because God has extended the power to all of us. And if we were to believe that it was only For some of us, we would keep going through this life thinking that we are not the one that is chosen by God. But God wants you to know that you are just as chosen as Aaron and as Moses. That the power to perform miracles wasn't just given to Moses, it was given to Aaron. Why? Because the miracle worker, the authority didn't come from Moses or Aaron. It came from God. And God decided who got to perform the miracle. It wasn't Moses who said, hey, you just met me at a mountain. I was at the burning bush. God chose me. You're only here because like, I don't talk as well as you. Let's be clear on the hierarchy of this. I'm in charge and you are sometimes in charge. But what God does is that he says, here's my authority. And here is how it's going to be used. Moses, the next six times it's you. But for the first four, it's actually going to be Aaron. And it's important that you see that Aaron is not my second choice. He was always part of my choice. Can we say amen to that? Come on. Man, we are nobody's second choice. We are nobody's second choice. We are never God's second choice. We are no one's leftovers. We are no one's afterthought. We are the main thing in God's plan. And God is going to powerfully work in our lives and through it, no matter how we envision the world around us and see the people that are interacting with us in it look at 1 peter chapter 2 verse 9 but you are not like that you are a chosen people you are royal priests you are a holy nation you are God's very own possession and as a result you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Would you guys stand with me as we just wrap this up today? I pray that that encourages you and helps you in your spiritual journey. Now, we got to experience some insights today that God just was able to speak to us about and and help us and encourage us on our spiritual journey, because we're all at different places, but... That place is known by God. And what his purpose is, is to bring you into his promises, to to fulfill that promise in your life and through it. And so today, we don't want anything to hold us back or have mastery over us or control us in our past. We want to be free so that we can experience everything that God has in store for us. So let God speak to you. Let him reveal who he is to you and what he needs to do in your life. And so, Father, we pray this over every person here today. We thank you for how your presence is here, and it's going to instruct us and guide us and comfort us and lead us to a place of freedom. You're at work in all of us. You've been at work all along, and even if we didn't notice it, and even if it looked like others were in control, we submit to your ultimate authority today and know that you are a God who loves us, who cares for us, who is here to bless us and to take the curses of the past and turn them into promises for our future. You're able to take everything and turn it into good. And we are here, oh God, to be healed in our minds and in our bodies and in our spirits. We are here, Lord, to be made whole. And I pray that we would experience that together in this place. And in the days and weeks to come, in Jesus' name we pray, amen thank you for joining us on the river's edge podcast i encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul let jesus do the work that only he can do a heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to river's edge and make this podcast possible you too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash you can also subscribe rate and share this podcast Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.